Thanks, Connection Point. Uh, this is... This is just a joy. I love you guys so much. I'm so thankful every time I get to spend a, a weekend with you and to get two in a row here is an extra joy. Um, but my goodness, John is such the hype man. This is going to be the best message you've ever heard. I don't know. What I need you to do right now is just think this is going to be the worst message you've ever heard. And then if it's mediocre, then I still win. Okay, so let's just settle down a little bit, lower some expectations, and if you walk out with one thing, I'll be pleased. Uh, my goodness. Uh, a lady awoken uh, early in the morning to horrible growling, snarling noises coming from outside her window. She rushed to the window and peered out, and to her horror, she discovered that her dog, German Shepherd, was in her neighbor's backyard with the neighbor's pet rabbit in its mouth. She knew this was going to make an already tense situation with the neighbor even worse, and so she ran downstairs. She grabbed a broom, and she ran outside. She jumped into her neighbor's backyard, and she began to beat on her large dog with the broom until it dropped the rabbit, which was now completely dead and covered in dog spit. She shoveled the rabbit up with the broom and she walked the rabbit back to her house and she put the rabbit in her bathtub. She turned the shower on and directed the water onto uh, the lifeless rabbit. She showered the rabbit off. She shampooed the rabbit. She cream rinsed the rabbit she blew dry the rabbit. I mean, when she was done, this rabbit looked good. She then snuck back into her neighbor's backyard and propped the dead rabbit up in its cage and then went back home. Several hours went by, and then she heard screams coming from her neighbor. And she ran out and peeked over the fence, pretending like she had no clue what could possibly be going on. And she said, what, what happened? What is it? What's the matter? She saw her neighbor. All the blood had drained out of her neighbor's face. Her neighbor said, our rabbit, our rabbit, it died three weeks ago and we buried it and now it's back in its cage. <laughs> You know, life, that's so stupid. <laughs> life was never meant to be lived like some fluffed up rabbit. But the reality is so many of us, we, we look a whole lot better on the outside than we might be doing on the inside. And at least my experience has been some of the inner hurts that I have, some of the things that seem to be weighing me down are the result of the hurt that's come at the hand of someone else in my life. Oftentimes people that I, I had trusted. When, when people have sinned against you or wronged you or hurt you, there's some damage that comes with it. It can be quite painful. We have all had those moments where someone has sinned against us or wronged us or hurt us. If we're honest, 
We've probably all had those moments too where we have been the one who have hurt somebody else, wronged somebody else, sinned against somebody else. And when that happens, the relationship is damaged, sometimes irreparably. And there's damage done to our own hearts and our own souls. Enter forgiveness. I think it's really important for us to have a conversation just for a couple of weeks about forgiveness and the role that it can play in repairing broken relationships as well as in healing up our own hearts. Today, specifically, I would like to talk about what it looks like to, to forgive others that have sinned against us, what it looks like to forgive others who have wronged us and hurt us, because you're well aware of the wedge that it drove in the relationship that you had with that person. You're well aware, too, of some of the damage that it caused, the, the pain, the weight then that you began to carry as a result of that person wronging you or sinning against you. And so it's kind of like this, because there is a weight that we carry when we've been hurt. And I would like to say that we've all had moments where someone has done something relatively small. It's been a small wrong against us. And there's a bit of weight to it when these small wrongs, these small hurts happen. We've all got some capacity to carry those momentary slights or those little moments of misstep where somebody did something to us. And I'd also like to assume that if we have a relationship with Jesus, that we've got some measure of grace that we can extend quickly to people, especially when they were relatively small things that were done to us, that we don't harbor those things forever. But we're all aware that oftentimes the things that have been done to us weren't small or a series of small things, but rather they were quite large. And the weight of that large moment, that large wrong against us, that carried a whole different weight. And maybe you can still remember it. And then there's probably even another step further. It wasn't just a a large moment, but maybe it was even kind of a catastrophic sort of moment of wrong and sin and hurtfulness against you that really piled on the weight. It piled on the hurt. It piled on the damage. And you, to this day, continue to carry it. Over and over and over again, every single day you wake up, you still feel the weight, the pain, the hurt of what that person or maybe that group of people did to you. And this is the insidious nature of it, is that even though someone else was the one that was sinning against you, it did cause damage that can last. Some of you, the entire trajectory of your life changed as a result of one of those relationships or one of those moments. 
And if you're like me, then when I start to carry this sort of weight, there's something about the dynamic of this sort of hurt and this sort of weight that becomes really like fertile soil for things like bitterness and anger and resentment to pop up and grow. And now I'm carrying the weight, and then this weight is producing a whole bunch of other things in my life that I don't care for. Withholding forgiveness is really like carrying a constant weight. And when we withhold forgiveness, we're resistant to extend forgiveness to someone else it can cause spiritual damage to us. It can cause emotional damage to us. Give it long enough, I think, from the stress of the whole thing, rehashing the whole thing, mulling over the whole thing. There's even physical consequences that come with carrying a weight like this. And that's exactly where the enemy would love to keep us, just burdened, carrying the weight that's producing all these other junky things in our life as a result of something that was done to us. But even when we start to think about forgiveness, it's like, I think there's legitimate reasons about why we, we withhold forgiveness. I know why we do it. I mean, there's probably dozens of reasons. One of them is I think we don't always understand what forgiveness is. For real. We have an idea ourselves or our culture has an idea. Today, our culture has very little idea about what forgiveness is in general. We're in a cancel culture. We're not in a very gracious cultural season right now. And if we think that forgiveness means this when it doesn't, or it doesn't mean this and it does, then we're going to have trouble with it. I think some of us maybe withhold forgiveness because we think somewhere along the line that if I forgive someone, that means I have to be back in relationship with them. And after what they've done to you, you don't want to be back in relationship with them. Let me pause there for just a second. It would be sometimes the most unwise thing that you could ever do to get back into relationship with a person that's hurt you in a particular manner. I think in ideal situations and safe situations, the relationship can be repaired, but not always. I think that there's times that we withhold forgiveness, maybe because we want to kind of sort of indirectly punish the people that have hurt us. We want to see justice come to bear on the situation. They have done something wrong. They've done something hurtful. And if I forgive them, is that like saying what you did to me was okay? And if I withhold forgiveness, then one, it's saying, hey, that's not okay. And it's also saying I can kind of punish you by hurting me. I mean, it's realistic. Or sometimes I think we just withhold forgiveness because we, we just don't know how to forgive. Forgiveness is both a decision and a process. 
It's not like flipping a switch. Yes, it is a decision that we make, but it is also something that may take a period of time, maybe a long period of time to work the whole process of forgiveness. Maybe just for a couple of weeks, we can dive into God's word and let his word and his spirit give us just a little bit of help in an area that if you haven't encountered yet, God bless you. But if you have, then maybe God will connect some dots and bring some help and some hope. One thing I know right off the bat is that forgiveness is a God thing. One, I know that we need God's help to enable us to forgive. But really what I'm getting at here is that forgiveness is such a God thing that he models it. He is such a phenomenal picture of forgiveness. Psalm 103, this is so key. These qualities and characteristics that are mentioned of the Lord here are beautiful. Look at it. It says, the Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. Thank God for that. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Our God is a forgiving God. That's so core to his nature. And these other qualities and characteristics that were mentioned there, his compassion, him being slow to anger, his grace, his abounding love, those are all close cousins to forgiveness. You show me somebody who's compassionate and slow to anger and gracious and abounding in love, I'll show you someone who's forgiving. And I'm praying that he grows me in my sanctification and my molding and shaping in being made more and more of what Jesus is like, that he'd grow me in my areas of compassion like he's compassionate and in grace like he's gracious but also in the area of forgiveness, that, I, that I, I would take my cues from him and I would want to be more and more like my heavenly father. This is what the Old Testament says, but the New Testament echoes it the same thing about God in Hebrews chapter eight. For I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. That's in the New Testament, but it's referencing something out of the book of Jeremiah in the Old Testament that spoke of the character and the nature of God. Very core to the character and nature of God is forgiveness. Forgiveness is a God thing. And if we're taking our cues from our heavenly father, if we're a part of his kingdom, then forgiveness should also become a part of who we are. Forgiveness is a God thing. Forgiveness is also a relational thing. It's a relational thing. Think about it. When sin entered a relationship that you had with God and you wronged God, 
It didn't bring you and God closer together. It, it drove a wedge. It's the same in your relationships with people. You think about the times that you got hurt. Did that bring you closer to those people or did it drive you apart? When, when sin enters, when there's wrongs that have been done, it, it affects a relationship. And remember that that was the state of me and you in our relationship with God. When we sinned against God, we wronged him. One of the catastrophic effects was that it wrecked our relationship with him. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, Paul's talking about this very thing that despite that condition that we were enemies of God, not friends of his, we were guilty of sinning against him and wronging him, that he came and pursued us to fix a broken relationship. Look, in 2 Corinthians 5, it says, all this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and then gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ. Look at this. Not counting people's sins against them. I thank God for that because if the Lord were never forgiving toward me and always counting my sins against me, I would be lost And if we are always counting everybody's sins against them, good luck with the relationships in your life. Not counting people's sins against them, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. Reconciliation is a relational term. It implies that there was a relationship that was broken and damaged, and it needed fixing or reconciling. And God took the initiative to fix our broken relationship with him. How? By sending Jesus. And more specifically, by sending Jesus for the forgiveness of our sins so that a relationship could come back together with him. When we extend forgiveness, we forgive other people, it can begin reconciliation in the relationship. That can be used by God to bring a relationship that is messed up and broken and begin the journey of reconciliation. Sometimes, but not always. We'll talk more about this next week, but this is a good reminder that forgiveness just takes one person. Reconciliation, however, takes two. And so you and I can only do our part in the equation. A few years back, I really got hurt by some people that were close to me, and they had kind of, sort of, half-hearted, apologized They'd kind of, sort of tried to say sorry. But I, I was really wrestling with it. The hurt had been done, and I was carrying the weight. And months and months into that, I, I, I was like, I can't, I can't carry this anymore. I'm tired of carrying it. And just in a moment where God gave me some grace, I thought, you know what? 
God loves me. He loves them. I'm going to write them. I wrote them all an email. I, I just said, hey, I, I love you guys. I'm sorry for any part I played in the whole situation, but I care for you. And I just want to tell you, I forgive you guys. And I want nothing but God's best for you. And I didn't hear back from any of them. And that was hard. And yet, in my heart of hearts, it just was an indicator that in that particular case, I had done my part in extending forgiveness, and yet, in this case, it wasn't going to lead toward the relationship being reconciled, or at least the same place that it had been at one time. Now, over time, sometimes those things change. You know, it's one thing to have someone come in brokenness, in humility, in real repentance that you can tell and apologize, say sorry, and you extend it. And I would encourage you, if that person is truly repentant and broken, then I think it's easier to be quick to forgive. But when they've never apologized, or you can tell it's fake, that's when it's tough. And that's why the relationship then is still up for grabs. Forgiveness is a God thing. Forgiveness is a relational thing that I think God really does want to fix, certainly with us, but also in our relationships with each other. That's ideal, best case scenario. But forgiveness is also a justice thing. It's a justice thing. Because when we've been wronged, when we've been hurt, we are hardwired as human beings to want to see justice come to bear on that situation. And that's what's so tough is that we like to bring the justice. There's an interesting passage that's not going to be on screen. I just want to read this to you. And you may even just kind of close your eyes for just a brief moment here as I read this one verse out of 1 Peter chapter 2. Verse 23, and it's about Christ. It's about what Jesus went through. And it's a perspective on this justice thing that I think is worth having a moment around. First Peter chapter 2, verse 23. Listen about Jesus. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. On the approach to the cross, which would have been such a horrific series of events, he's entrusting himself to God the Father, to the plan of the Father. He's entrusting himself to the way of the cross and here is Jesus. He had all right to fight back, push back. I mean, he was completely innocent. And he's suffering. And people are wronging him. And yet he didn't retaliate. He didn't push back. He didn't fight back. But rather what he did was he entrusted himself to the Father. What he did was he, he allowed justice to reign, but he was going to allow justice to reign through the cross. Justice was coming 
for sin. But rather than him play judge and jury, rather than him take matters into his own hands, which is what I would have done, he entrusted himself. He released himself and the situation to the Father. And so maybe a bit of kind of the working definition of forgiveness that we might be able to come around would be something like this. Forgiveness might be something like releasing myself and my offender from the responsibility of bringing justice and trusting Jesus to handle it. What if forgiveness is something a little bit more like releasing myself of the responsibility of having to bring justice, releasing the person, releasing the situation to God and saying, God, I can't carry the weight of this anymore. I'm going to forgive whereby I release the weight and trust you to bring justice, trust you to carry it, trust you to heal me, trust you to heal them, trust you, if it's part of your plan and will here, to reconcile our relationship. You guys, we were not built to carry the weight of all of the hurt that would be done to us as people sin against us or wrong us. And withholding forgiveness says, I'm just going to keep carrying the weight. I'm going to play judge and jury. Where with extending forgiveness says, I'm going to release that weight. I'm going to release myself of the responsibility of having to play judge and jury, of having to be the one that exacts justice. I'm going to let Jesus bring justice to the situation. Forgiveness does so much for us. There's a whole bunch of things that come with forgiveness. Here's a handful. We won't belabor these. But forgiveness repays evil with good and allows God to be judge. Sounds like Jesus to me. Forgiveness is an unmerited gift to someone who doesn't deserve it. That sounds like Jesus too. Forgiveness involves absorbing the pain of the event over time. Now that's the unfortunate part. You know how much pain Jesus absorbed there on the cross for the weight of all sin for all time? No wonder we experience an absorbing of our own when sin is done to us. I wish that this whole concept of forgive and forget was biblical. I wish forgive and forget worked. I know you've all heard that, forgive and forget. How's that worked for you? It's, it's so tough. I mean, even biblically, when we're referring to God and him, him remembering our sins no more, the real gist of that isn't that he magically removes from his memory something we did. 
remember our sins no more is something like he's just not counting them against us anymore. He's releasing us from our sin. And that being the defining thing about us. And yet justice had to come to bear. The thing is, is that God is a way better judge than we will ever be. And when we walk in his ways, as difficult as it can be, then we can see his plan and his work in ways that we couldn't expect. Where if I take matters into my own hands, withholding forgiveness or wanting to be the one who's going to exact justice, then who knows how that's going to go. I'm kind of compounding the situation in an unhealthy manner. You know that we can't change the hurt that was done to us, but you can change the way that you respond to and think about and feel when that thing comes to mind again. And the Holy Spirit gives us that over time if we're continuing to bring that hurt, that person, and that situation before the Lord instead of carrying the weight of it, mulling it over ourselves. And then forgiveness brings healing. It at least starts the process, which might be weeks. It might be months. It might be years. But forgiveness can be the catalyst that jump starts where you release the responsibility of having to bring justice. I forgive you. Whether they've asked for it or not, you release it over to the Lord. It is easy when somebody says sorry. When they don't, that's when releasing them over to Jesus and forgiveness, that's where it really comes to bear. I think forgiveness is a God thing. It is a relational thing. It's a justice thing too. But we're just saying, God, I'm gonna trust you with bringing justice to this. But forgiveness, lastly, it needs to be our thing. And by our, I mean followers of Jesus. I mean Christian people. I mean connection point. Forgiveness, really because it's God's thing, and he does value both relationship and justice, it must be our thing as well. It must be a marker of his people. In an increasingly anti-gracious, anti-forgiveness culture, we must stand out. I think in Ephesians chapter 4, a classic verse, it says it so clearly. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. I know sometimes for me, when I'm wrestling to extend forgiveness, one of the most helpful pause moments I can make is pausing to remember, my goodness, just how much Jesus has forgiven me. Man, he's forgiven me so much. And again, like I said, how can I then withhold that forgiveness from somebody else when Jesus hasn't with me? At least when I go with a repentant heart and I'm transparent, 
and to know that his forgiveness is there when I am ready to humble myself, that's huge. But the call is to forgive other people. Forgive as we've been forgiven. Easy? No. Good? Important? Yeah. There's kind of an upward component of forgiveness. There's an inward component of forgiveness. There's an outward component of forgiveness. If it's our thing, then the upward component of forgiveness is a constant conversation with the Lord about it. Rather than carrying the weight ourselves, rather than just mulling it over ourselves, putting the person, the situation, the hurt before the Lord upward constantly is going to help in your forgiveness process. The inward part of you beginning to even be honest, I am hurt. That did hurt me. I think I have been carrying this pain, this hurt, this now grown into resentment, anger, and bitterness for weeks or months or years. A transparency between yourself and yourself. I think is really key, an inward component of forgiveness. And then an outward. Eventually, I think it makes its way outward because it typically has to do with relationship. There's a moment where someone has come and said sorry and you say, I forgive you. Or an outward where they haven't even come, the toughest ones. And you choose just to release them. You can't even get into the conversation but rather than you carry the injury anymore, you say, I'm going to release myself of that person and that situation and the responsibility of carrying the weight of bringing justice. They're yours, Lord. You handle it. That's a big deal. I know several years ago, we all heard on the news about the trauma and the abuse that was taking place with the USA Gymnastics. And one trainer in particular that took advantage of a whole bunch of young ladies and abused them. Now, I'm not into, you know, one sin is worse than another, but clearly the consequences of some sins are way more disgusting, gross, and hurtful than others. And this is one of those cases. Which, by the way, if you're here whether it's that or something else equally traumatic that someone has done to you relationally, I am so sorry for that. And you just need to hear from me, it breaks God's heart what you've been through. And in this broken, messed up world we're in, I wish people didn't have the free will to do whatever they want, but they do. And a lot of people choose it to make some really hurtful choices. I attribute that way more to the enemy, certainly, than anything God's about. And I can tell you someday that's going to come to an end. I can also tell you someday God's going to bring justice to the whole situation. Several of those girls got to address their abuser in court. And a handful of those girls were believers, followers of Jesus. I remember catching one of them online and uh, 
was able to pull up a bit of what she shared. Catch this, in extending forgiveness to her abuser. Listen to what she shares. Gymnast Rachel Den Hollander shared this. And listen carefully. Listen to the nuances of how she's extending forgiveness. I think it's helpful. She said, you have become a man ruled by selfish and perverted desires, a man defined by his daily choices repeatedly to feed that selfishness and perversion. You chose to pursue your wickedness no matter what it cost others, no matter what it cost me. In our early hearings, you brought your Bible into the courtroom and you have spoken of praying for forgiveness. And so it is on that basis that I appeal to you. If you have read the Bible you carry, you know the definition of sacrificial love portrayed is of God himself loving so sacrificially that he gave up everything to pay a penalty for the sin he did not commit. By his grace, I too choose to love this way. You spoke of praying for forgiveness, but if you have read the Bible you carry, you know forgiveness does not come from doing good things as if good deeds can erase what you have done. It comes from repentance, which requires facing and acknowledging the truth about what you have done in all of its utter depravity and horror without mitigation, without excuse, without acting as if good deeds can erase what you have done. The Bible you carry speaks of a final judgment where all of God's wrath and eternal terror is poured out on people like you. Should you ever reach the point of truly facing what you have done, the guilt will be crushing. And that is what makes the gospel of Christ so sweet. Because it extends grace and hope and mercy where none should be found. And it will be there for you. And then listen to this. I pray you experience the soul-crushing weight of guilt so you may someday experience true repentance and true forgiveness from God, which you need far more than forgiveness from me, though I extend that to you as well. I don't know if we are ever more like Jesus than when we extend forgiveness, than when we say those difficult words, I forgive you. But listen to me. Was there anything in her message here of forgiveness? that said to the person that had wronged her and so many others, it really wasn't a big deal. What you did was okay. No. Was there anything in here that hinted at the possibility that a continued relationship would be good? No. 
but was she by God's grace able to release herself from the responsibility of bringing justice? You bet. And I think God floods through those moments. I'll be praying for every single one of you that have those sorts of conversations or moments before you. I'll be praying that you can experience the healing that comes from just releasing the need to bring justice, releasing the person, releasing the situation over to God through forgiveness. I'll be praying that if it's appropriate or safe, that the relationship could be reconciled. And I'll be praying too that God would use all of that even to turn the heart of the person that wronged you. Together, we might just reflect a whole lot of Jesus in that moment. And so gracious Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for loving us. I thank you for being patient with us. I thank you for being long-suffering with us. I thank you for being slow to anger and gracious and abounding in love and compassionate. I thank you that you didn't count my sins against me. But Lord, I need your help. I need your help to heal up. I need your help to even release some of the stuff that I'm carrying. I need your help to forgive other people. And I pray for those friends that are here, those brothers and sisters of mine that find themselves in the same boat that you would give them strength. You'd give them discernment. You'd give them the right words at the right time. And that you would begin a restorative process, certainly in their heart, maybe in the relationship, and maybe even in the heart of the person that they're wrestling with. But Lord, we just breathe out right now through forgiveness, just release all this stuff to you. We run to you now, Father, for our hope, for our healing, for strength, and for wisdom. Take the load from us, Jesus. Take the load from us, Heavenly Father. Holy Spirit, release us from that situation, that person, and the need to bring justice right now. We run to you. Know that you're already in a full-on sprint for us. In Jesus' powerful name we pray.